Section 8 of Great Epochs in American History, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bill Mosley, Llano County, Texas, USA. Great Epochs in American History, Volume 2. The Planting of the First Colonies, 1562-1733, through 1733, by Francis Whiting Halsey, Section 8, The Founding of Jamestown, 1607, by Captain John Smith. Footnote, from Smith's General History of Virginia, Edward Arbor has contended that, had not John Smith, Quote, strove, fought, and endured as he did the present United States of America might never have come into existence. End quote. Spaniards and French alike had failed in their attempts at colonization, and so had the repeated expeditions sent out by Sir Walter Raleigh. Smith carried the Jamestown settlement through its difficulties. Smith, quote, self denying, energetic, so full of resources, and so trained in dealing with the savage races. End quote. Had Jamestown failed, the Pilgrim Fathers quote, would not have gone to New England. End quote. Smith was not the sole author of the History of Virginia. Others contributed to the work. End footnote. Captain Bartholomew Gosnell, one of the first movers of this plantation, having many years solicited many of his friends, but found small assistance, at last prevailed with some gentlemen, as Captain John Smith, Master Edward Maria Wingfield, Master Robert Hunt, and divers others, who depended a year upon his projects. But nothing could be effected till, by their great charge and industry, it came to be apprehended by certain of the nobility, gentry, and merchants so that his majesty by his letters patents gave commission for establishing councils to direct here and to govern and to execute there to effect this was spent another year and by that three ships were provided one of one hundred tons another of forty and a pinnace of twenty transportation of the company was committed to captain christopher newport a mariner well practised for the western parts of america but their orders for government were put in a box not to be opened nor the governors known until they arrived in virginia on the nineteenth of december sixteen o six we set sail from blackwell but by unprosperous winds were kept six weeks in the sight of england all which time master hunt our preacher was so weak and sick that few expected his recovery we watered at the canaries we traded with the savages at dominica three weeks we spent in refreshing ourselves amongst these west india isles in guadalupa we found a bath so hot as in it we boiled pork as well as over the fire and a little isle called monica we took from the bushes with our hands 
near two hogsheads full of birds in three or four hours in mavis mona and the virgin isles we spent some time where with a loathsome beast like a crocodile called a guain tortoises pelicans parrots and fishes we daily feasted gone from thence in search of virginia the company was not a little discomforted seeing the mariners had three days past their reckoning and found no land so that captain ratliff captain of the pinnace rather desired to bear up the helms to returns for england than make further search but god the guider of all good actions forcing them by extreme storm to hull all night did drive them by his providence to their desired port beyond all their expectations for never any of them had seen that coast the first land they made they called cape henry where thirty of them recreated themselves on shore were assaulted by five savages who hurt two of the english very dangerously that night was the box opened and the orders read in which bartholomew gosnell john smith edward wingfield christopher newport john ratliff john martin and george kendall were named to be the council and to choose a president amongst them for a year who with the council should govern matters of moment were to be examined by a jury but determined by the major part of the council in which the president had two voices until the thirteenth of may they sought a place to plant in then the council was sworn master wingfield was chosen president and an oration made why captain smith was not admitted of the council as the rest now falleth every man to works the council contrived the fort the rest cut down trees to make place to pitch their tents some provide clabbered to relade the ships some make gardens some nets etc the savages often visited us kindly the president's overweening jealousy would admit no exercise at arms or fortification but the boughs of trees cast together in the forms of half-moons by the extraordinary pains and diligence of captain kendall newport smith and twenty others were sent to discover the head of the river by divers small habitations they passed in six days they arrived at a town called powhatan consisting of some twelve houses pleasantly seated on a hill before it three fertile isles about it many of their cornfields the place is very pleasant and strong by nature of this place the prince is called powhatan and his people powhatans to this place the river is navigable but higher within a mile by reason of the rocks and isles there is not passage for a small boat which they call the falls the people in all parts kindly entreated them till being returned within twenty miles of jamestown they gave just cause of jealousy but had god not blessed the discoverers otherwise than those at the fort there had then been an end of that plantation for at the fort where they arrived the next day they found seventeen men hurt 
and a boy slain by the savages, and had it not chanced a crossbow shot from the ships, struck down a bough from a tree amongst them, that caused them to retire. Our men had all been slams, being securely at all works, and their arms in dry fats. Hereupon the President was contended the fort should be palisaded, the ordnance mounted, his men armed and exercised, for many were the assaults and ambuscados of the savages, and our men by their disorderly straggling were often hurt, when the savages, by the nimbleness of their heels, well escaped. What toil we had, with so small a power to guard our workmen days, watch all night, resist our enemies, and effect our business, to relay the ships, cut down trees, and prepare the ground to plant our corn, etc., I refer to the reader's consideration. Six weeks being spent in this manner, Captain Newport, who was hired only for our transportation, was to return with the ships. Being thus left to our fortunes, it fortuned that within ten days, scarce ten amongst us, could either go or well stand, such extreme weakness and mockness oppressed us. And thereat none need marvel, if they consider the cause and reason, which was this. Whilst the ships stayed, our allowance was somewhat bettered, by a daily proportion of biscuit, which the sailors would pilfer to sell, give, or exchange with us, for money, sassafras, furs, or love. But when they departed there remained neither tavern, beer-house, nor place of relief, but the common kettle. Had we been as free from all sins as gluttony and drunkenness, we might have been canonized for saints. But our president would never have been admitted for engrossing to his private oatmeal, sacks, oil, aquavita, beefs, eggs, or what not, but the kettle. That, indeed, he allowed equally to be distributed, and that was half a pint of wheat, and as much barley boiled with water for a man a day, and this having fried some six weeks in the ship's hold, contained as many worms as grains, so that we might truly call it rather so much bran than corns. Our drink was water, our lodgings castles in the air. With this lodging and diet, our extreme toils in bearing and planting palisados so strained and bruised us, and our continual labor in the extremity of the heat had so weakened us, as were cause sufficient to have made us miserable in our native country and any other place in the world. From May to September those that escaped lived upon sturgeon and sea-crabs, fifty in this time we buried, the rest seeing the President's projects to escape these miseries in our pinnace by flight, who all this time had neither felt want nor sickness, so moved our dead spirits as we deposed him, and established Ratcliffe in his place, Gosnell being dead, Kindall deposed. Smith, newly recovered, Martin and Ratcliffe, was by his care preserved and relieved, and the most of the soldiers, recovered with the skillful diligence of Master Thomas Watton, our surgeon-general. Now was all our provision spent, 
the sturgeon gone, all helps abandoned, each hour expecting the fury of the savages. When God, the patron of all good endeavors, in that desperate extremity so changed the hearts of the savages, that they brought such plenty of their fruits and provision as no man wanted. The new president and Martin, being little beloved, of weak judgment in dangers and less industry in peace, committed the managing of all things abroad to Captain Smith, who by his own example, good words, and fair promises, set some to mow, others to bind thatch, some to build houses, others to thatch them, himself always bearing the greatest tasks for his own share, so that in short time he provided most of them lodgings, neglecting any for himself. This done, seeing the savages' superfluity beginning to decrease, with some of his workmen, shipped himself in the shallop to search the country for trade. The want of the language, knowledge to manage his boat without sails, the want of a sufficient power, knowing the multitude of the savages, apparel for his men, and other necessaries, were infinite impediments. Being but six or seven in company, he went down the river to Kyoton, where at first they scorned him as a famished man, and would in derision offer him a handful of corn, a piece of bread, for their swords and muskets, and such like proportions, also for their apparel. But seeing by trade and courtesy there was nothing to be had, he made bold to try such conclusions as necessity enforced though contrary to his commission, let fly his muskets, ran his boat on shore, whereat they all fled into the woods. So marching towards their houses, they might see great heaps of corn. Much ado he had to restrain his hungry soldiers from present taking of it, expecting, as it happened, that the savages would assault them, as not long after they did with a most hideous noise, sixty or seventy of them, some black, some red, some white, some party-colored, came in a square order, singing and dancing out of the woods, with their oki, which was an idol made of skins, stuffed with moss, all painted and hung with chains and copper, borne before them, and in this manner, being well armed with clubs, targets, bows, and arrows, they charged the English, that so kindly received them with their muskets, loaden with pistol-shot, that down fell their god, and divers lay sprawling on the ground. The rest fled again to the woods, and ere long sent one of their quiocasuks to offer peace and redeem their oki. Smith told them if only six of them would come unarmed and load his boat, he would not only be their friend, but restore them their oki, and give them beads, copper, and hatchets besides, which on both sides was to their contents performed, and then they brought him venison, turkeys, wildfowl, bread, and what they had, singing and dancing in signs of friendship till they departed. In his returns he discovered the town and country of Waraskoyak. Thus God, unboundless by his power, made them thus kind, would us devour. Smith perceiving, notwithstanding their late misery, not any regarded but from hand to mouth, the company being well recovered, caused the pinnace to be provided with things fitting to get provision for the years following, 
but in the interim he made three or four journeys and discovered the people of chickahomania yet what he carefully provided the rest carelessly spent wingfield and kendall living in disgrace seeing all things at random in the absence of smith the company's dislike of their president's weakness and their small love to martin's never mending sickness strengthened themselves with the sailors and other confederates to regain their former credit and authority or at least such means aboard the pinnace being fitted for sale as smith had appointed for trade to alter her course and to go for england smith unexpectedly returning had the plot discovered to him much trouble he had to prevent it till with store of sabre and musket shot he forced them stay or sink in the river which action cost the life of captain kendall these brawls are so disgustful as some will say they were better forgotten yet all men of good judgment will conclude it were better their baseness should be manifest to the world than the business bear the scorn and shame of their excused disorders the president and captain archer not long after intending also to have abandoned the country which project also was curbed and suppressed by smith the spaniard never more greedily desired gold than he victual nor his soldiers more to abandon the country than he to keep it but finding plenties of corn in the river of chickahamania where hundreds of savages in divers places stood with baskets expecting his coming and now the winter approaching the rivers became so covered with swans geese ducks and cranes that we daily feasted with good bread virginia peas pumpions and butchermen's fish fowls and diverse sorts of wild beasts as fast as we could eat them so that none of our tuftafety humorists desired to go to england but our comedies never endured long without a tragedy some idle exceptions being muttered against captain smith for not discovering the head of chickahomania river and taxed by the council to be slow in so worthy an attempt the next voyage he proceeded so far that with much labor by cutting off trees and sunder he made his passage but when his barge could pass no farther he left her in a broad bay out of danger of shot commanding none should go ashore till his return himself with two english and two savages went up higher in a canoe but he was not long absent but his men went ashore whose want of government gave both occasion and opportunity to the savages to surprise one george casson whom they slew and much failed not to have cut off the boat and all the rest smith little dreaming of that accident being got to the marshes of the river's head twenty miles in the desert had his two men slain as is supposed sleeping by the canoe whilst himself by fouling sought them victual who finding he was beset with two hundred savages two of them he slew still defending himself with the aid of a savage his guide whom he bound to his arm with his garters and used him as a buckler yet he was shot in his thigh a little and had many arrows that stuck in his clothes but no great hurt till at last they took him prisoner when this news came to jamestown much was their sorrow for his loss few expecting what ensued 
Six or seven weeks those barbarians kept him prisoner. Many strange triumphs and conjurations they made of him. Yet he so demeaned himself amongst them, as he not only diverted them from surprising the fort, but procured his own liberty, and got himself and his company such estimation amongst them, that those savages admired him more than their own Cossacks. At last they brought him to Moronokomoko, where was Powhatan their emperor. Here more than two hundred of those grim courtiers stood wondering at him, as he had been a monster, till Powhatan and his train had put themselves in their greatest braveries. Before a fire upon a seat like a bedstead, he sat covered with a great robe made of rarocan skins and all the tails hanging by. On either hand did sit a young wench of fifteen or eighteen years, and along by each side the house two rows of men, and behind them as many women, with all their heads and shoulders painted red, many of their heads bedecked with the white down of birds, but every one with something, and a great chain of white beads about their necks. At his entrance before the king all the people gave a great shout. The queen of Appamatuck was appointed to bring him water to wash his hands, and another brought him a bunch of feathers instead of a towel to dry them. Having feasted him after their best barbarous manner they could, a long consultation was held. But the conclusion was, two great stones were brought before Powhatan, and as many as could laid hands on him, dragged him to them, and thereupon laid his head, and being ready with their clubs to beat out his brains, Pocahontas, the king's dearest daughter, when no entreaty could prevail, got his head in her arms and laid her own upon his to save him from death, whereat the emperor was contented he should live to make him hatchets and her bells, beads, and copper, for they thought him as well of all occupations as themselves. But the king himself will make his own robes, shoes, bows, arrows, pots, plant, hunt, or do anything as well as the rest. They say he bore a pleasant shoe, but sure his heart was sad, for who can pleasant be and rest that lives in fears and dreads, and having life suspected doth it still suspected lead? Two days after, Powhatan, having disguised himself in the most fearfulest manner he could, caused Captain Smith to be brought forth to a great house in the woods, and thereupon a mat by the fire to be left alone. Not long after, from behind a mat that divided the house, was made the most dolefulest noise he ever heard. Then Powhatan, more like a devil than a man, with some two hundred more as black as himself, came into him and told him now they were friends, and presently he should go to Jamestown to send him two great guns and a grindstone, for which he would give him the country of Capabawosik, and forever esteem him as his son Natakwaud. So to Jamestown with twelve guides Powhatan sent him. That night they quartered in the woods, he still expecting, as he had done all this long time of his imprisonment, every hour to be put to one death or other for all their feasting but almighty god by his divine providence had mollified the hearts of those stern barbarians 
with compassion. The next morning betimes they came to the fort where Smith, having used the savages with what kindness he could, he showed Rawhunt, Powhatan's trusty servant, two demic culverings and a millstone to carry Powhatan. They found them somewhat too heavy, but when they did see him discharge them, being loaded with stones, among the boughs of a great tree loaded with icicles, the ice and branches came so tumbling down that the poor savages ran away half dead with fear. But at last we regained some conference with them, and gave them such toys, and sent to Powhatan, his women and children, such presents as gave them in general full content. Now in Jamestown they were all in combustion, the strongest preparing once more to run away with the penance, which, with the hazard of his life, with sacrifalcon and musket-shot, Smith forced now the third time to stay or sink. Some, no better than they should be, had plotted with the President the next day to have put him to death by the Levitical law for the lives of Robinson and Emery, pretending the fault was his that had led them to their ends, but he quickly took such order with such lawyers that he laid them by the heels till he sent some of them prisoners for England. Now, ever once in four or five days, Pocahontas, with her attendees, brought him so much provision that saved many of their lives that else for all this had starved with hunger. Thus you may see what difficulties still crossed any good endeavor, and the good success of the business being thus oft brought to the very period of destruction, yet you see by what strange means God hath still delivered it. Now whether it had been better for Captain Smith to have concluded with any of those several projects, to have abandoned the country with some ten or twelve of them who were called the better sort, and have left Master Hunt, our preacher, Master Anthony Gosnell, a most honest, worthy, and industrious gentleman, Master Thomas Wotton, and some twenty-seven others of his countrymen to the fury of the savages, famine, and all manner of mischiefs and inconveniences, for they were but forty in all to keep possession of this large country or starve himself with them for company, for want of lodging, or but adventuring abroad to make them provision, or by his opposition to preserve the action and save all their lives, I leave to the censure of all honest men to consider. End of section 8 Recording by Bill Mosley, Llano County, Texas, USA